Well, good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and the church is packed. Hey, y'all. I see y'all. Y'all up in here. Guys, today we celebrate this great feast, uh, the presentation of Jesus in the temple. But uh, thinking about Super Bowl Sunday, um, we've got two football teams, right? And if you wouldn't see their jerseys, you, didn't, you wouldn't know who was playing for what team, right? They'd just all be a bunch of football players. The jerseys help separate them, gives them a sort of identity, right? And I started thinking about, uh, about that. You, do you remember uh, maybe the first time you ever received a uniform of sorts? Uh, could have been if you played Little League football or baseball or uh, maybe when if you were in med school and you got your white coat, right? Or if you were a cheerleader and you got your first little cheerleading uniform. Um, cowboys, you got your first belt buckle, right? Whatever it was, if you remember your first uniform, I remember my first uniform. Um, as you know, I, I wasn't a football player and I wasn't a basketball player. I was a little too white, too short for that. Um, <laughs> but I was a competitive gymnast, right? So my first uniform was a leotard. <laughs> wasn't something I... <laughs> Well, there's something I dressed up in and went and showed my buddies, right? <laughs> but it, it gave you an identity. This uniform lets you know that you're a part of something much, much bigger than yourself, right? Uh, gave an identity uh, for us. That has something to do with today's readings. Keep that in mind as we go through the readings today because something very, very important happens today in Jesus' life. He's eight days old, and he's brought to the temple to be circumcised according to the law of Moses, the Jewish traditions, right? <clears throat> Circumcision back then in the Old Testament, um, and even into the New for a certain period, was a sign of the covenant. It wasn't a medical procedure like what we would do, right? It was a sign of the covenant between God and his chosen people Israel. Covenants were many times marked with signs. For example, whenever Noah and the ark, the flood, what was the sign that God would never allow that to happen again? The rainbow. That was the sign of the covenant between God and his people. So I want you to keep that in mind because what happens today is super significant. Where does this come from in the scriptures, this sign of the covenant of circumcision? Well, it comes from the very uh, first book of the Bible, Genesis. And it comes with Father Abraham. The famous Abraham. If you remember um, growing up as a kid, Father Abraham was the one that was promised the nations. He was promised so many descendants, God told him, I will give you descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the shores of the sea. So will your descendants be, Abraham. Well, Abraham's growing up. He's getting older. He's in his 80s. Him and his wife, Sarah, had still not yet had any kids. And so... Abraham takes things in his own hands. He says, look, this is what's got to happen. God promised me a son because a son has to be the one to pass on the, the family name, etc. So Sarah was not able to conceive, so they took the maidservant, Hagar, and she conceived a child for Abraham. That child was born. His name was Ishmael. And that child, if you follow historically, that child becomes the founder of Muslims, of the Islam faith. But this is the deal. Abraham broke the covenant. He did not trust what God had promised him, that you would be the father of all nations, that your descendants would be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Abraham didn't trust it. 
He broke the covenant, but God said, I'm going to remain faithful to my word. I'm going to remain faithful to you, Abraham, and the chosen people. But as a sign of this new covenant that I'm going to make with you, it's going to be marked in your very flesh. You, Abraham, will have to be circumcised at 80-something years old. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And every man that was a Jew, no matter how old you were, they had to be circumcised too. Imagine somebody coming up to you and telling you that, guys. That if you want to be part of the Catholic Church, you're going to have to go be circumcised. You're like, well, I think I'll just be a Gentile. (laughs) Right? But all of your kids, that's what's happening today, all of your sons... In Genesis chapter 17, had to be circumcised eight days after birth. That was the outward sign of the covenant. So Jesus is now brought to the temple by Mary and Joseph, and the priest circumcises the child Jesus. So his very body now is marked by the sign of the covenant. Thirty-three years later, that same body of Jesus is going to be marked with the sign of the covenant as He sheds His own blood for us on the cross. Jesus' very body itself becomes the sign of the covenant for us. Both in circumcision of the Old Testament and in the New Testament by the very blood He sheds for us on the cross. An incredible day. It's all about covenants and God's faithfulness to us. Even though we fall astray, He will always be faithful. So that's what's happening. Super important. There's a character that I'm very drawn to in this this gospel. It's the priest, Simeon, right? You gotta realize Simeon was a, a, scripture says he was a righteous man, he was a prayerful man. And that somewhere along the way of his life, God spoke to him. And God told him in some sort of words, that he was not going to die until he saw the Messiah, the redemption of Israel. He wasn't going to see death till he saw the Messiah. And he believed God's word. And now, Simeon is getting up in age. He still had not yet seen the Messiah. And I can only imagine, day after day, week after week, here's this elderly priest growing up in age, and he's wondering, I wonder if I'm going to see the Messiah today. I'm wondering if through those temple doors, suddenly, as that first reading from Malachi said, suddenly the Lord appears in His temple. I wonder if He's going to be there today. You see, what I like about Simeon was that he was a man who lived his life in expectation, in seeking the Messiah. He lived longing and looking every day to see Him. And day after day, the sun would go down and He didn't see Him. Year after year passed, but He never gave up. He held on to the promise that God told Him, you were going to see the Messiah. And so this one day, the Scripture says today, the Spirit prompted Him. He was brought into the temple in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says. And he goes into the temple, and it just must have been something different. Today, he must have been thinking, something's going to happen. Will I see him today? That expectant heart. And sure enough, coming into the temple, 
was Mary and Joseph, looked like all the other Jewish moms and dads, holding their little baby like the other Jewish moms and dads. This little baby didn't look any different than any other of the Jewish baby boys that day that got circumcised. Looked like all the rest of them. But how was it that Simeon recognized him? How did he point him out? And grab him into his arms and say, Now, Father, you can let your servant go in peace. Speaking of himself, your word has been fulfilled. You can let me die now. For my own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. A light to reveal you to the nations. Jesus, the light of the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Why did he proclaim those words? He recognized the Christ. And there was no neon sign going, this is him. Check him out. Here's the Messiah. There was no, no band, no orchestra. No one came in proclaiming, here's the Messiah. Mm-mm. How do you recognize him? I think it's because he spent a lifetime waiting for him. He was anticipating him. He was preparing his heart to see him one day. And I think that's why he was able to recognize him when he was in their midst. Right? Anna was also there, a woman, a prophetess. She also had spent many, many years praying and waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And now she sees him. And she's caught in awe and wonder, just like Simeon. But what happens is Simeon says, okay, your promise is fulfilled. I can die now. I've seen Jesus. Let me go in peace. But Anna becomes an evangelist. She begins telling everybody of what had just happened. The excitement of what had taken place. That the Messiah was here. The long-awaited one of Israel had come. I saw him with my own eyes. I heard his little baby cry with my own ears. This was an incredible moment. The moment that all of Israel was waiting for. Just like football fans, tonight, today is the moment everyone's been waiting for to see this game and this Super Bowl. Unfortunately, The saints are not in it, but that's okay. We're still awaiting to watch the Super Bowl. Same longing expectation across an entire nation had come today. He's revealed as a light to the nations. And so I began thinking about my own life, about your lives. I was like, you know what? Do I anticipate the longing and a longing in my heart to see Jesus every day as Simeon did? Do I wake up with expectant faith that I'm going to see Jesus? Or is it just going to be another day, just like yesterday was? And so you might say, well, Father, what do you mean? How is Jesus going to show up? He's not going to like pop into my life and like, here's all of his glory, right? No. Jesus says in Scripture, what you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Right? Where am I going to see Jesus today and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday? In my brothers and sisters. In those who may be suffering. In those who might need a little bit of help. In those who might need a little pick-me-up, right? In those people who might need you to just stop in the middle of your busy day and listen to them. It might be right there under your own roof. Right? Many times that's what happens, right? Moms and dads get busy doing things and children get sick and all of a sudden you got to take care of them. There's Jesus right there. It's not real complicated, y'all. 
It's not waiting for this big glorious moment that the Lord is going to appear in all of His glory. No. What you've done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. And that's where Jesus is. That's where He reveals Himself in the poor, the sick, the suffering, those who need us. He experiences one another in the joys of life. Right? And so, that's my prayer, really, is, Lord, give me an expectant faith. Eyes and a heart that looks for you so that I won't pass you up in the middle of my busy day. That the person next to me is Jesus. In whatever way that may come out, we serve him in those that we love. And it changes everything. Right? It, it really does. It changes everything in the way that we treat people. And so to know that that's Christ, what you did to the least, you've done it to me. And so to be able to have that kind of faith like Simeon, to expect the Lord to come, even if he delays, to expect him to come every day we get to meet him. What a joy. And so I would, I would ask you, I would encourage you, I would challenge you to do something this week. Find a candle. Right? Today is all about the light coming into the darkness. Find a candle at home, be it a holy candle, be it a, a smell-good candle, whatever you want. But light it during your meal times with your families. Light it and realize that that light is a symbol of Jesus, the light of the world that comes and dispels our darkness. And speak about today, how did I meet Jesus? Did I help someone pick up books that fell off the floor? Did I speak encouraging words to a friend of mine that was down? Did I... Go visit the elderly, the sick. What, how'd you meet him? And let that light be a symbol of that. Or maybe you're gathering at night for family prayer. Or maybe you're in your dorm room and you, you want to pray a little bit. Have a candle and light it. Why? Because it's a symbol of the light of Jesus that comes into our hearts. I have a friend of mine. Um, <clears throat> I was having family dinner with them one night. And this is symbolized in various ways. This light, this presence of Jesus, aware of his presence. I was having dinner with them and... Um, they always keep a chair open. So they have all their kids around, and they keep one chair open, and, and they said, you know, Father, the chair you're sitting in, that's the chair we keep open, open for Jesus. So whenever a priest comes over, he sits in that chair. Whenever family comes over, they sit in that chair, and it's a reminder to them that who's ever in that chair, they're Jesus. Right? They're serving them. They pick up his plate. They serve him. And so in little ways this week, try to remember that those whom we serve is Christ in the little ways and in the big ways, right? And so we ask Jesus today, come into our own hearts, illuminate our own hearts, those areas that are darkness in our hearts that we just kind of want to break free from, because Jesus can do it. He can set us free from all that. The darkness has to leave as soon as a, one light gets lit. And so, Lord, come into our hearts today. Illuminate our hearts so that we can come to know you and love you and serve you and that your light will be a light unto our path and we may walk in the ways of freedom of which we were created for. Amen.